Hello and welcome to Net That Hall. We're here for the Game Week 6 matchup show. We've got a very pretty thumbnail with Mohamed Salah there looking at us for the West Ham fixture and Eberoche Eze. I'm, of course, FPL Nemo, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gabriel, at FPL Lens. How are you, buddy? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be here. Although, I, you and I both have, like, uh, our minds elsewhere, I think, for, for this show. Like, Real Madrid <laughs> playing right now against Union Berlin. Arsenal's playing later. You have some place to be. So, we need to dive right into this. Yeah, today we're going to go quickly. That whip today. <laughs> yeah, today we're going quickly. And then Mariner as well, obviously. It's the first time all three of us are back since before when I went away and before the international break. So, how are you doing, Chris? It's nice to have all three of us here for the matchup show. Well, I'm back in Dubai. I'm not sorry. I'm not so well because I managed to bring the dreaded Lurgy back from Singapore. But I, I don't have any matches to go to today because Grimsby aren't in Europe, so I have nothing to worry about. But uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Let's go straight Just to the forward to another show. Yeah, nice one. So we've got the game week six FPL philosophy. We're going to give you a minute here, Gabe, to rock the the audio as well for the podcast listeners. Yeah, it's getting right into it. Uh, 90 seconds into the show, straight into the FPL philosophy for game week six. Um, and it comes to us from our, our good friend um, Socrates, or as uh, Bill and Ted call him, Socrates. Um, falling down is not a failure. Failure comes when you stay where you have fallen. And this, um, I mean, this just kind of encapsulates, like I'm on wild card, um, and this kind of like encapsulates my situation. And the inspiration for my wild card was Mariner. So this this quote um, reminded me of Mariner when he fell down after game week one. <laughs> he picked himself three, up. three, please three, three. After, oh, I'm sorry, game week three. And then he picked himself back up, and, and now he's fallen down again, and he's got no wild card. But we'll get to that. <laughs> so I'm just uh, putting the poll out as well, asking people if they had a green arrow. This week, so if, if you had a red arrow and you've fallen down, as as Gabe and the quote are saying, that's not a failure. The failure will be if you stay there and just get red arrows every week for the next thirty five right. weeks. But so, how so, do you fix that? I, I, you go on wild card. That's the solution. That's how you fix it. You wild card. But then, hang on a minute. I want to make a quick point about this. I've got a minute for this. Um, I've been reading some absolutely incredible stuff over on Twitter this week trying to explain content creators trying to explain why they are wildcarding for mm, sake everybody i can't swear yet because we're still we might get pinged Nima. but um for goodness sake everybody you wildcard i i wildcarded because my team because i hated my team simple i absolutely detested my team i knew it wasn't right i wildcarded everybody is different gabe i am looking forward to picking your wild card to pieces this evening. Oh, the evil laugh, I'm sure, is ready to roll <laughs> today. <you know? laughs> when's, when's the Newcastle fixture? <laughs> uh, when do my nightmares <laughs> begin? <laughs> uh, 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 Let's they, see. they played yesterday, so it'll be Saturday. No, I'm talking about in the show. Oh, right. Well, oh, it will be one of the earlier matches. Okay, cool. So I've got a sneak, a sneak peek. You've, you've yeah. Come on, your let's go. Keep going. Let's go. 
All right. So thank you all for joining us in the chat. We'll put your comments up on the screen as we go and just say hello and start any questions for the Q&A. We are going to be out here about 15 minutes before the Arsenal match starts. Um, I am sorry, Gabe, that Union Berlin are about to get thrashed. So at least there's that condolence. I, I'm hoping for a big victory. <laughs> I have Captain Jude Bellingham in my UCL fantasy team. But going on to FPL. Yeah, Madrid, man. I'm a Madrista tonight with you. So Crystal Palace versus Fulham. It's the first game of the game week. There's no 12.30 kickoff. Don't be caught out by that. Deadline is 1.30 p.m. for 3 o'clock Saturday. Yeah, so this is going to be sharp. I know that you said there's just mainly data and the graphics for this week. So there won't be like the text um, analysis. So we'll let you kind of take us through. But if you'd like, I'll start with the numbers and then Mariner, you can take over the numbers from the next matchup onwards. So okay. carrying on from last week, I'm just in the zone now. So Crystal Palace net XG 1.88, Fulham 1.16. The FDR, on the other hand, attacking-wise for Crystal Palace 1.9, defensively 1.9. There's a very good matchup for Crystal Palace on both the net XG and the FDR. Um, that's why I had Eze on the thumbnail, just to say. There's a few people talking about selling him this week. He was actually someone that was considering buying for the next few fixtures. So that's why I'm really keen to hear what you think and whether you agree with the data, Gabe. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, uh, the, the data is pretty unanimous in this one. Um, so, so I think I would, I would tend to agree with it, especially Crystal Palace at home. I, I know Mariner has spoken extensively about Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, that they're always a difficult, uh, team to play there, but I, I would turn people's attention to like the, the real opportunity in this one. And Craig from the man on pod, uh, they talked about this in their pod earlier in the week. The fact that Fulham concedes so many shots. If you look at Crystal Palace's shot XG metric, so that's the matchup of, of the, of the shots for Crystal Palace and Fulham. And Fulham just concedes so much, um, so many shots um, that I think the I think the the volume play for Crystal Palace is Eza over Edward. I think Edward doesn't need much to produce. We've seen it all season, but the way the matchups line up here, I think if anybody's um, you know considering bringing Crystal Palace in for uh, players in for their nice run of fixtures, I think this one and the and the the. The upcoming ones kind of line up better for Eza, but Eduard is such a good value pick that um, that I wouldn't fault anybody for bringing him in. What do, What are your thoughts, man? I, I, well, I'm gonna I'm in the Eduard camp rather than the Eza camp mm -hmm. actually, and, and I'm looking at it purely and simply from uh, talismanic sort of purposes. Um, one thing I will say is that if you look at the matchups on the XG, the big chances, shots on target, shots in the box, and everything, not very green. That suggests that. Whilst Fulham might be conceding a lot, Crystal Palace might not be creating that much. So you have to think of it that way as well. I'm going to very quickly flick slides, Nima, and then we'll you can take it back. This is the um, talisman data that I've been doing. And you can see here for Crystal Palace that Eze, uh, uh, sorry, Edouard is top. It's 67% actual involvement, 47% expected involvement. The XG matchup in the next five game weeks goes at uh, 5.11 for Palace. So not very high. But well, say it's got 2.9. Uh, sorry, uh, Edward's got 2.95 of that. And Eze only 1.19 on the basis of the numbers. Now, they're early numbers, very early numbers. And uh, Lucian yesterday uh, said that uh, hang on a minute, Chris. Don't forget what Edward's return was last week. It wasn't exactly, it was a bit of luck, really, as much as anything. 
So fair point, but I'm still a bit, I'm still keen on Edward. And I'll tell you why I particularly like him, because he fits the team structures of what people are going to right now. Yeah. That's why I probably like him over Eze. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. There's so many midfielders we want, and most people are playing with a front too. So I don't know if I'd want him as my second striker, but if you want a kind of third man that isn't Archer, it, yes. someone maybe to rotate. I think he's a mid. I think he's a very suitable third man if indeed you can still get someone like Salah with your budget, because I think that's yeah. key. Because if you can't, you've got to go to Archer. That, that that structure point is, is is one of the most interesting, I think, conversations right now in FPL. Like, do you go with Archer's a great pick, 4.5? Do you go that route where you get, like, invest almost nothing, but it's still a good pick? Do you get a little bit more for more talisman in, in, uh, in Edward? Or do you jump up and go for Watkins or Callum Wilson? And and so that that decision on the structure for, for managers, I think, will be a nice differentiator. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget Morris. As well, there's another one. There's another one Ooh. in that price bracket as well. Exactly, the one with double game weeks, sir. <laughs> less, less anything. Uh, right, let's keep going. Come on, keep going. Next uh, match. Less up. of Morris. Next. Is more... <laughs> right, next matchup. So, okay, we're doing, I'm keeping eyes on times as if by magic. The next fixture oh, exactly. is Luton versus Wolves. Well, there we go. I'll let you do uh, the I mean, metrics I mean, like, on this one, uh, Marin. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind, Nima. We can take them in turns. Um, Luton, um, 1.57 net XG, which is the highest that I've seen this year for them, I think. Um, Wolves, 1.2. Um, they, are generally speaking, are pretty poor away from home. Uh, Wolves look a different beast this year to me, very much so. Fixture difficulty, on the other hand, 1.1 for Luton at home against Wolves, minus one. Um, and defensively, one um for Luton as well. So a little bit of something there for Luton. A little bit on shots on target for Luton as well. Five point uh, is that is that five point three? It is five point three. Mm-hmm. But Gabe's shot goal predictors go nowhere. Um I don't think it likes it. It likes it for last of match of the day, uh, I think, looking at that Gabe. Um I'm just very interested to see whether we think it's suitable this week to bring Morris in. That's my only question I've got mm-hmm. for you guys on this. Um, so I almost did Pedro to Morris last week. And one of the reasons I wanted to do it last week was because in my heart, I knew that if I didn't do it last week, I probably would not sell Pedro before Bournemouth at home this week. So now I'm kind of sweating the Thursday uh, Brighton lineup in Europe and seeing how that all looks. But um, I don't see a world in which I'm going to sell my albeit limited minutes striker but my Brighton striker for a Luton striker a week early I just don't see myself doing that um it also has made me start to question whether I even buy Morris at all because now I'm getting to the situation where if I was going to sell Pedro this week the only player I would sell him for is Alvarez so like when I compare Alvarez and Morris it just kind of seems pretty obvious that one of them is a far worse pick for me but I know when we look at the numbers and stuff later, I know you've got the data for the projected points over the next five weeks or so. And even on mm. models, other models as well, like Morris comes in very high on these models. So he does. that's just one thing to think about. And this home game against Wolves, surely this is an entry point, right? I think it is. I think it is. But I've got a little caveat, Gabe, and then I'll bring you in, mate. Um, I want to just caveat the fact, if you look at expected involvement, 
against actual involvement so far, he's overperforming by 0.6. Now that is significant. So that will his actual involvement is his expected involvement is 38. 38% is actual. He's been involved in everything. So from that side of it, you know, is there the fact that there's a bit of regression coming in on this for for him as well? But on the face of it, Luton's XG uh, match up for the next five game weeks of an in fact for them it's five fixtures, five point seven two, and um, his involvement would be three point seven seven. It's not bad, but whether you think there's some regression there or not remains to be seen. Uh, Gabe. I mean, I I think I would turn people's attention to the upcoming kind of fixture swing and the the more upside transfers that that we're going to want to make like if you if you're bringing um like e- even right now there there are players with good with good fixtures this week um that are they're better players and and like all, all you know at the beginning of the season there was that that tweet that we we ridiculed saying Luton have the third best um FDR or something like that we're kind of in the same territory <laughs> But, and and we're not ridiculing that narrative anymore. So I, I think I think it's it's a kind of time for a reality check. You know, I I'd maybe prefer Edward. Um, like if, if I'm gonna choose between the two, and you if you still have your wild card and you want a dead end in, into some Luton players, fair enough. If you want to take care take advantage of that double, but if you don't, or if you don't, or if you're not planning to dead end and you want to extend your wild card. I think Luton is a massive distraction from actually good assets in FPL. I think that's what puts me off further game because if I try to get to Salah without wildcarding and delay the wildcard, Morris is a transfer in and out. And I don't have two transfers yes. to be faffing about like that. Um, I don't want to get rid of Archer, right? So what am I going to do? Get Alvarez and Morris, then take Morris back to Archer? Like, is there not a world where I just go Pedro straight to Alvarez and be done? Like, yeah. And this, just too many moves. this is the reason. This is the reason why I really like Edward because what I've done now up here is I've got five, the next five, and then I've got another five, and you can see that Edward Morris drops off, whereas Edward increases, improves because their fixtures mm-hmm. get better. So I think you know if you're going to bring Morris in and then move to Edward, if if maybe you're holding enough transfers, you can do that without any without any cost. Then maybe, but it is an extra transfer. And that's why I think Edward is possibly the move that I would probably look at, purely and simply down to the fact that I think you're not going to keep Morris for too long. And I think, you know, someone like Edward is sat there and he's more of a longer term pick for your wild card, I think. I think uh, just if to say was, it's time to go to the anyway. next matchup, I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about Luton. We're done. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about um, just Pedro Neto? We spoke about last time, Gabe, he continuing to impress. I think one to watch. Like, we're not going to invest in Wolves right now, but still one to watch. He still looks like their best player. Like he, he just looks fantastic every time he drives forward with the ball and you feel like something's going to happen. I think there was a lovely ball I saw him make. Uh, it was like going across the penalty line and no one quite made it in to attack the ball and that would have been another assist. So I, I really enjoy mm-hmm. watching him and it's just nice to see him back from injury as people saying. But yeah, apart from that, we will talk about the other players and I think just Neto, he's actually leading the league for assists as well so far this season. So he yeah. destroyed Joe Gomez, he's, didn't he? He's, that was really I, funny. But anyway, there's another story. Yeah. Um, we will come to your question, uh, son of Sam. I've just started it for the Q&A at the end. So here we are for the time. Sam's 15 minutes 30. Man City versus Forest. Um, this is the one everyone's looking forward to, right? Um, there's so many injuries at Man City. 
Um, it seems like Grealish is back now, back in training, so he's kind of fine and almost there. Bernardo Silva's injury isn't too serious. Um, Doku's looked very impressive once he got rested midweek. What are you guys thinking about Man City? Like, the defense feels like it's the place where, apart from Diaz, there's the most rotation. Is there viability in the triple city attack? Is that something you're looking at with your wildcard game? Or, or do you think two is enough and you're not so keen on Foden at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Foden, we, we see in like, so I, one, one new thing that I have in the slides here is um, you have the two teams, so Manchester City on top and the, the average positions from their last, from their last match. Um, so you have Manchester City in white on top, and we have Forest in red um, below that. And the, the first image, the image on the left, is their average positions, and then the image on the right is, is the average positions after the substitutions are made. Um, th that's just for, for reference um, for people watching on the show here. Um, so, I mean, Manchester City, I mean, I think it's uh, Holland and, and Alvarez are, I mean, people don't like the word essential, but 97% of the game has Holland. So I'm going to use it. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I think those two players are absolutely essential. Um, so it's just it's just like, are you going to use a midfield spot on a third? Are you going to dedicate it to a defense with the upcoming fixtures? I don't think I would go defensive uh, for Manchester City after this fixture, like in the long term. For this one, a, a defender is obviously okay. But then in attack, I don't know if I would go for Foden either. I, I don't think Foden is on the end of the balls enough. He's 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 used more as an enabler um, right now, and so I think I, I just think there's more upside elsewhere other than Foden. Fair. So I'm a yeah, Foden owner, and I don't know what I'm going to do with him yet. Like I don't want to sell him before Forest. Um, yeah. I I imagine he does start. But long-term, he's someone I'm looking to move out of. Originally, I'd been looking to move on when Arsenal and City play each other. It, I kind of had this thought that if I had two free transfers in game week eight, after the double game week, I could do like Martinelli and Foden to Sun and Madison for that Luton fixture for Spurs. But now it looks like Martinelli might need to be resolved before then. And I'm not quite ready on the Foden part. So just, just thinking of structure, you mentioned structure, Gabe. Um one of the things that I was looking at was um, an, a world in which I actually go for Nakamba instead of Morris. So I pay 4.4 million to get the four points for appearance. And he's basically my fifth <laughs> mid. And that fun's silent. No, that fun's, that's, in, that's, instead of, that's instead of Morris, mate. Like you're paying 1.1 million more to get Morris. And he's going to get the same points as Nakamba. He's going to get the same. You honestly you think that. you're going to get four points from Macamba? We were working out whether we'd get zero last night. He's we were not, working out whether we're going to get zero. He's not a defender. It doesn't matter. Two How is bookings. He get zero? Concede easily. Conceding both goals and two bookings. There we go. Done. Finished. Bye bye. That's two points still. You just said zero points. Uh, bookings. Conceding goals. He doesn't as well. That takes you down. Goals, buddy. Oh, of course he doesn't. No. He's a four anyway, he's all right then. Two points. All right then. I'm losing my mind. All right then. Yeah. Two points. I was. I thought I was lost for a second. Okay. Terrible. Perfect. Terrible. Perfect. Terrible. Enough so said. I'm no, losing that, my that's mind. That's an interesting point you make, Nina. So you're telling me <laughs> you do make you an interesting what? point. I own him. Those two. I own him, and I'm going to bench him for the double. Right. Anyway, and there we go. Yeah, but I'm going to saying I'm. I'm saying I could like bring Salah. <laughs> So that if be... I need to deal with Martinelli, and if I was to hear Foden mm -hmm. was benched, suddenly, Gabe, I'm in a world where I'm thinking, should I've got two free transfers? I'm like, should I just like take a minus four and get
get rid of Martinelli, Foden and Pedro and get Alvarez, Salah and Nakamba. If Nakamba for a benched Foden funds Martinelli to Salah and Alvarez to Pedro, I'll take that on a minus four and just skip Morris altogether. And then, yeah, sure. Wait, why, why not get Archer? I already have him. Oh, oh, he's your... Okay. Wait. This would be my... Se- as, as in, I would make my oh, second... Oh, right, right. I, I see Alvarez. what you're saying. I see. So right, with right. that yeah, money, second, second because if you think about yeah. Foden 7. How, uh, guys, how come we've got talking about marvellous Nakamba in the middle of a Manchester City against Nottingham Forest matchup? Well, it's it's about structure. It's, it's about, about structure. Alvarez, okay. Alvarez, Foden. Alvarez and, and, and Foden and, and, and those players. Right. And, Do- so, and Doku. Okay. People are looking at Doku now as well. They're seriously tempted yes. by him for a few weeks. So it's just triple attack. It's the question of do you go triple attack with City because no. the defenders are too I don't I, Personally, I don't think so. And I own, I own Diaz and I benched him last week as well because I'm convinced okay. they're going to keep conceding. I also think they'll concede this week. I'm going to play him, but I think they'll concede again. I think Forrest have got a goal in him. We said that last night. We said uh, a, a one year's definitely, definitely real the real deal for me this so, year. Everything goes through him. So can we talk um, like Awani as a, as a pick then? Because I think so. I, I agree. I, I agree with you. We, we, I think we've all been pretty high on him this season, um, but nobody's really bringing him in. I know I can't quite get Jackson to him in my wild card. Last week on a free transfer. <laughs> That's it's almost his point five. It's almost his point five too expensive. I think, given the fact you've got someone like Alvarez sat there, Alvarez is cleaning up the game. He will clean the game up. Yeah. The longer these injuries stay, he will just clean the game up. Because yeah. it, you know, people are saying, "Oh, he's going to be bent." I, if I'd be amazed if he's benched this week. I mean, because they're just desperate. Sure, they're so short. Surely, yeah, I want to use worth the, the point five over over Edward, right? Is oh, no. one I think it's over Edward? Is a million over Edward? Edward's five and a half, I think. Oh, so he's I'm not quite sure. That. It's a and he's gone up in yeah. price. He's not even oh, six point right. five anymore. Yeah, six point six. That's the problem. <laughs> His price is okay. <laughs> but it's a. Uh, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, should we very quickly look at the numbers? Manchester City yeah, two point yeah, seven, two point seven attack and defense. Obviously, a bright red for XG, big chances, shots on target, shots in the box. It could be a long day for Forest. I personally, Gabe, your shot goal predictors think it as well, at least two, I would guess. Um, that said, I'm going to go with a typical Manchester City score these days, 3-1. I think we'll concede. I, I genuinely mm. think we'll concede. Um, anything we want to add on this one before we move on? Or as we've probably given this one a good go in a roundabout way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think um, we'll, we'll be talking about Man City a lot more in the captaincy metric and general. Would we? I mean, there was a question here. Would we start a one-ye over against City? I would. <laughs> if I haven't got a City defender, I would, yeah. Yeah, I think if I own Taiwo, I wouldn't want to bench him personally. But it just depends. Yeah. Who would you be playing instead of Taiwo um, if you did bench him? Because if it's like... A... I got him in place of Pedro last week. So if she yeah. brought, Claire brought him in in place of Pedro last week, I don't know who he'd play, she'd play otherwise. Um, but I, yeah. I really think Awanyi... Awanyi has got a goal in him anywhere. He literally has got a goal in him anywhere to me. Home or away. Forrest Ederson has, a, away Ederson has a gift well. in him. And Ederson, Ederson has, has a gift in him every week. Yeah, I agree. All right. Cool. All right, let's go to the next one then. Um so we have Brentford versus Everton, the Mobuemo versus Pickford Derby. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tom and Kate Simpson. He's, he's, he's called him Brickford now. Have you seen it? That's his new name. Anyway, um, Brent, <laughs> Brentford's net XG 1.7, Everton's 1.32. Uh, Brentford's fixture difficulty really likes them. It hates Everton away. It's hated them for a long time away from home. I think the reason it hates them so much, Gabe, is look at those matchups. 2.1 XG matchup, 3.2 big chances, 6.2 shots on target, 12 shots in the box, 3.8 headers. I think you can safely say that Brentford assets are very interesting in this fixture. And Everton, just recently away from home, have been bloody horrible. Um, I don't know what you think, Gabe. I, I, I really fancy Brentford to give Everton a bit of a, a whacking, quite frankly. Hmm, I'm, I'm looking at the um, the the shots goal predictor and trying to figure out why it's so green for Everton. Um, and I think it's pulling data from it's it's data from the end of last season where they chasing where the game. X, it's it's their X XG on target per shot on target. So like the when they get a shot on target, it's usually like a high quality shot, and that's kind of elevating them. But I think it's I think it's a little bit artificial based on what we've seen this season. To your point there, Mariner. So I would kind of ignore that a little bit. I I think worst case scenario, I, th- I think this this game lines up nicely for uh, for Flecken. Um, I know Flecken's been taking some heat lately for for some some mistakes that he's been making, but. Um, but he he has saved, you know, the, there's a shade being thrown on Flecken, but he has saved five out of seven big chances this season, which is one of the best rates in the in the league. So so I think Flecken, if Everton are going to get some shots, I think Flecken is, is a really good play here. He's like one of my favorite plays here. I mean, Mbomo is kind of almost obvious in, in every fixture, certainly at home versus Everton, right? He is, but I've got to be honest with you. I mean, he's... Is involved in like 45% of everything that Brentford do, but I never see him doing anything. Do, do, you, it's, do you know what I mean? There's a reason for that. He's a funny that. one. Yeah. He's a funny the, one. It's the, the, the reason for that, it was like at the beginning of the season, we talked about the Mbomobile and how he, he oftentimes, he, his job is to get isolated on the right side. We see Brentford's left zonal matchup, that 4.6, which stands out compared to the center and right at 3.0 each. Um, and that stands out because that's where the chance creation is going to come from. But he's on the end of those, of those chances on, on the opposite side. And when if he gets 1v1, then he's usually able to get by one defender at least. And I think that's how his production comes. It's like, to your point, Mariner, it's, it's in spurts. And in the meantime, like, he, he could be absent, totally absent. Yeah, absolutely. Nima, um, I mean, obviously we're playing our Brentford assets if we've got them. Um, I will play Fleck and I was disgusted with that uh, uh, penalty, which he conceded last week. I sounded off about that last night. Uh, I'll obviously play Mbubo as well. I would play Visser if I owned him as well. I would I'm go seeing a few selling uh, Wissa for um, Alvarez. I, I wouldn't sell him this. I wouldn't sell, well, that's maybe possible, but I'll tell you what, that could come back and haunt you. Because Vista this week, I think, has got an opportunity against Everton for sure. I think I've got Pickford in goal this week. Let me just check. Um, God. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. I have Pickford in goal this week. Fantastic. And I'm playing Mumbo I mean, as well. I, I mean, put it quite simply, you know, um, Mbumo and Vissa 
are responsible for 80% of Brentford's involvement in goals. 80%. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, no, I, I, I do think, um, I think a lot of people are kind of dismissing Mabumo. They're like kind of saying, oh, you know, if you remove the penalty and like some fluky assists here and there, he's not done anything. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't agree with that because for me, like, he is gonna probably stay the talisman all season. He, he is. I think Tony's gonna get yeah. sold in January. Personally, if you ask me, there's a lot of clubs trying to buy Tony once his ban ends in the January window. So I think he's now that man. He's matured and grown into that role. He's the leader of that team. I mean, I, I just saw that message from Leon about hiding from the ball. I, I don't think it's that. I think he hides from the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Well, true. With all honesty, <laughs> if you yeah, have a good point, with all honesty, though, that is that is one of the big challenges about being an Umbumo owner is the fact you you, you go for long periods. He always ret- he seems to get something, but, but I think that's just how Brentford feel, play. It doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. does it? it no, but that's how Brentford good, play. No. Man United play the same way, and everyone's saying keep their mm. double mids for nine weeks. Yeah. So, how mm. is Brentford any different mm. to the way Man United play? No, true. They play I'm just making a point. the ball from their just, goalkeeper to their centre back fifty times but, and say, "Look I think how great that's we are. The men- Yeah, but I think that's the mental battle, isn't it, about this? Because mm-hmm. again, oh, I'm going to sell him because he's not doing much. Well, he's still returning this, and those two are still responsible for eighty percent. I mean, let's face it: if Brentford get a return and Boomer's not involved, you're unlucky. Gabe, what about this one from Black Screen? Before we move on, just if we're worried about him playing right back last game, no, I don't think that will happen. I think uh, Hickey will just slot in or switch sides and someone else will come in and play in the back line, right? I think that was just a, the, the Rico Henry injury. It just kind of probably threw <laughs> him a bit. I'm assuming that's when he moved to right back when Rico Henry got injured or for like a brief period. Um, yeah. The I actually, I, I, I didn't, I don't know yeah, when he moved to it. Like, like he, he did play some back there, but I, I, um, I, I don't see Brentford taking... There, like, like saying, number not, one, he's not a replacement for Tony. Yeah, yeah, like, like the, yeah. The, no, you're not going to take the guy that's involved in most of the goals and throw him right, right back. back. Yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think Thomas Frank is going to do that. So no, no concern. This no, isn't the Zerbi. It's not like where Gross plays in every position on the pitch. <laughs> I, I don't personally see it, but maybe it's one to monitor because if we did see it again, I think that will spook owners to sell. Yeah. Don't forget, Mikel Antonio. He used to play every position for West Ham too before he became a striker. Maybe he's one of those. <laughs> cool. Let's get to the next game. Um, and yeah, Pickford. I was considering selling him for the Luton keeper in game week eight, but then I realized Pickford plays against Luton, so it's probably not really worth a transfer to get Kaminsky when Pickford himself is home against Luton. It doesn't doesn't feel great. So Burnley versus Man United. Um, this is the game that we've all been waiting for, right? This is the Rashford game. I keep telling myself um, he should get ample opportunities to run in behind. They actually have a physical striker now that he can play with. Obviously, they've got to build chemistry and figure out how, maybe to pass more often. I think Rashford is very used to having to be the only guy who can go and get the goals for his team. And I think he is trying to find Rasmus more often, but it will take some time and chemistry for them playing together, obviously, to build that relationship. But this should be an exciting game. I don't see Vincent Company changing his style at home. I think he's going to go for it. What are your kind of predictions, guys? Do you think Burnley have enough in the tank to steal a point here? I mean, if you look at the numbers, uh, net XG, 
is 1.46 Burnley 1.14. Um, so probably suggests they both might get something, but doesn't necessarily uh, suggest something going, people going crazy. Uh, fixed difficulty likes Manchester United attack more than uh, a lot more than Burnley's attack 2.8 against minus 1.1. Um, the zonal matchups for Manchester United through the middle 4.9 are very good, and 4.3 on both wings are very good as well. Whereas Burnley's obviously much lower, but pinch of salt because we're using data, we're using very, very small amounts of data for Burnley. Um, I think the telling thing for me, Gabe, is the fact that three big chances, 2.7 big chances, um, 10.3, uh, 5.3 shots on target, 10.3 shots in the box. I expect Manchester United to put some of them away, personally. And the way that if Burnley play as badly, potentially, as they did against Spurs, we could be seeing a different scoreline to what NetXG suggests anyway. I don't know what you think. Um, I think I'm going to take the data and I'm going to put it all away. And I'm just going to go into friggin' Eric Tenfraud. Fucking strengthens his fucking spine in the off season, and then he comes out against Wolves and plays balls wide to Garnacho, and then he goes up against Brighton last week, who play wide and their strength is moving the ball forward through the middle and then wide up the wings, and he plays a fucking narrow diamond. So Eric Ten Hag doesn't know how to set his team up. He doesn't understand any tactics. He doesn't understand the players on his team or the culture. Never mind. Maybe he he's perfect for the culture of that fucking club. Um, so I, I don't think any of this means anything. I think Burnley are going to press Manchester United off the ball in midfield. I think they're not going to know how to how to adapt. And I agree with Black Screen. Fucking Burnley's going to win this game. Really? Wow, that'll be an I'm, interesting one. That's a good. I like that I'm prediction. Off, I'm I mean, off look, of United. I'm, have you sold them all in your wildcard? Have you got any? I don't. I want nothing to do with United. Fair I, don't, I only had Russians. one, but I, I'm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think Rashford, Burnley will will provide spaces for Rashford for sure. So Rashford can always get something. But Manchester United are a disaster. They, they, they just got a complete train wreck um, of a team. And I want no part of them. I don't want to watch them. Yeah. I'd rather watch friggin', um, who are you talking about? Um, Edward or I'd rather watch Mbomo do nothing and then score at the end of a game. I'd rather watch, I don't know, Luton play in someone's backyard. Um their own. But yeah. anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> um, Nima, um, any light at the end of the tunnel for Rashford, given the fact he's going to go back out on that left now consistently, do you think? Um, he is possibly my only route to Mo Salah. Between I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to play Rashford for these next few. Um, I know a lot of people thought Bruno was the better option after the first few weeks. I think it's kind of shifted and U-turned now. And people are now feeling that Rashford's maybe the better option over Bruno. I, I do like these next fixtures for Man United, jokes aside. Um, I, I do think that if Ten Hag can't get results in this next four or five games, he's going to be sweating it come Christmas. Um, because really, these are the fixtures for him. Like He needs to start getting some points on the board. If you ask me, even the six points they have is quite fortunate. You know, I don't think it's biased to me to say, like my friends who are United fans say, that they were fortunate to get points against Wolves. They were fortunate to get most of the points they got this season. And ironically, the game they looked best in was the first 20 minutes against Spurs, which they lost 2-0. So they could have been 2-0 up at halftime. That's probably the best I've seen them play all season. And beyond that, I've not really been very impressed. So I think if there was ever a time for them to get things right, it is these next four to five 
games um, and this period before the next international window. If he doesn't, I just think the leaks that you're seeing come out of the club are going to keep getting amplified and there's going to be more leaks coming out and it's going to start turning toxic at some point because, you know, the leaks aren't good by any means, that's for sure. And right now there's, I don't know, like I don't want to talk about rumours, but if you're not seeing the United leaks, like there is a new one every other day about what's happening and like how the scouting department's being used and how Ten Hogs agent and their agency are too involved in transfers and how, you know, there's only like two players that weren't bought, that weren't already linked to Ten Hog in the past. And so, yeah, I think this is where we need to see a style of play from United is what I would say, Gabe, because, you know, it's been over a year now and he spent 450 million and I can't point to a style of play, at least with Klopp and these guys when they arrived. The results may not have been there, but there was a vision to believe in, to follow a style of play that was being taught. I still just see like a team that relies on individual brilliance. And that's not going to cut it, I don't think. I think United are used to competing at the top. And this rebuild, I think this fixture against Burnley is when it's going to start. So I've got Rashford. I think he's going to get a brace. I'm going to say it now. And I think they're going to start performing after this game because... It's kind of like now or never in my eyes. Like if they flop these next few fixtures, how long does Ten Hag really have left? Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, and again, Rashford's just involved in virtually half of everything that Manchester United do, quite frankly. So uh, again, I think if you're going anywhere, you've, you know, I mean, the only two players who are getting involved in anything really are Rashford and Bruno with a few little bits for every, everything else. So, I mean, I wouldn't be selling them right now. I, I tend not to. I, I don't know whether I told two, but I've, Maybe some people still do have to. I wouldn't sell any of them this week. Um, should we keep going? Um, unless yeah. there's any questions for this one, is there? No, I think so. No, no just a shout out to everyone who's tuned in live as well. Yeah. Um, if you guys are enjoying the show, this was the halfway uh, five matchups out of 10 done. Please do hit that like. Uh, if you're on the podcast, do leave a review. That means a lot to us. But otherwise, let's go to the sixth matchup, which is the North London Derby at 2 p.m. on oh. Sunday. Well, this one we have to stay under eight minutes, Nim. No, no, no. This one's going to be five minutes. It will come up. Right, let's go. Thirty-eight minutes. I'm watching it. I'm watching the time. Let me let me go with the numbers first. Let me do the numbers. Uh, So net xg for Arsenal at home two point two three. That's high. That's high. Um, Spurs away one point six one. My fixture difficulty really likes Arsenal as well at three point six at home, Um, and Spurs are neutral. it's obviously the North London derby. Um, a lot of statistics get thrown in the bin when the, when these two get lock lock ons, um, as we've seen many times before. Um, the matchups and everything. XG prefers Arsenal to big chances three point four shots on target five point six shots in the box twelve point three headers as well. God help me if Gabriel scores an header. I think I'll, I think you'll hear the explosion from here. Um, Gabe, um, very quickly before I let Nima go on this to probably unpick it, um, your numbers as well seem to suggest goals across the board here. What are you, what are you saying? 2-2? Something like that? Arsenal concede at home. I think they do anyway. Um, and so does, the, so does the fixture difficulty. And more to the point, so does NetXG. You're muted, mate, I think. Sorry. 
Sorry, yeah, thanks. Um, trying to avoid the gremlins today. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. Arsenal concede at home, but even even more more so than that, I think Tottenham just score. Um, I, I think Ange Postacoglu is... Um, I, I think their attack... Yeah, they, they struggled a little bit against Sheffield United, but... It, um, but I, I think this will be an, an open game. It won't. It won't be cagey. And so I do see goals for both sides. Um, you know, I, I think Saka Saka is obvious for for Arsenal. I, I don't know if I would go much much deeper though than than Saka. I, I, obviously, I don't like any of the defensive assets because I think Tottenham will score. Um, I think Madison is is pretty much a season keeper. He's you know talk about being involved. Um, and just a lot of their creative play. So Saka and Madison are, are the two standouts for me. And I don't know that I would like to go much deeper into this fixture than than those two. I mean, I'm just a Saka owner. And I've got to a point now, I'm just a Saka owner. Of course, Martinelli's now injured, Nima. Um, what's that going to do to to Arsenal? Cause it looks like he might be out for a while by the sound of things. I wouldn't get too ahead of myself. He's not had a scan yet. Um, he's ruled out tonight, but... Yeah, there is a, okay. they, they've not ruled him out of Sunday yet. So until I see the presser and the scan results, I'm not going to sell him. But um, right. if he's confirmed out, it's a hamstring. He felt something in his hamstring. Obviously, then it's a sell, I think. Um, it's a pretty obvious sell. But for now, Saka, I think going into the next round of fixtures, like I'm looking to sell Saliba this week. I was going to sell Martinelli by game week eight, even if he wasn't injured. So I was happy to go down to just Saka for the foreseeable. So really, I think just the next fixture after this is Bournemouth. And I would really like to have had Martinelli for that Bournemouth game before I sold the head of the City game. But, you know, this Tottenham game, I would have loved this for Martinelli, but that's a shame. Um, I think Trossard would just slot straight in there. So I don't think there'll be much else different to that. Um, I think they will score Spurs. Um, They get an annual penalty at the Emirates. Now that Kane's not there, maybe that means Son is the one to score it. I'm going for 3-1 Arsenal, something like that. Um, I just think that if Spurs actually come and try to play football, which I believe Ange will do, and I don't think he's going to just park up shop. I think he's going to play the way he's been playing all season. If they do that, I just think we have way too much for them. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. think I actually recall seeing Spurs come to the Emirates any time I've ever been there in the last 10 years and play football. So, yeah, honestly, like even last year, I think it was 1st of October, North London derby. I remember Kane got the penalty, as we said. I think Emerson got a red card or something, and then we won 3-1. And I just remember in that game, like they were barely crossing the halfway line, and every once in a while you see Son and Kane and maybe Richarlison just like sprinting three quarters of the pitch on a counter. So this will be refreshing to see a Spurs team coming who have a style of play. They're actually playing exciting, attacking football. I think if I had Spurs assets, they're an easy play. Um, I think they're going to definitely get that goal, as I say. But overall, I just don't see how them playing attacking football won't fall into our hands because it's just a dangerous game, I think. Yeah. I think, I, I think yeah, I, I can see Arsenal. I can see Arsenal. If, if Spurs come out, Arsenal definitely, I just put up a minute ago, uh, Arsenal definitely <laughs> catch Spurs for sure. I just think, I mean, look, I think this is a game of, of the, I mean, the assets are very clear for me right now. Obviously, if Martinelli's fit, then that's different. But it's Saka, it's Madison, and it's possibly Son. And, and I think that's where we go. Odogi's sitting on the bench this week. 
I'm playing as Dupinian. Um, I do hope we hear some good news about him because he's got a tasty fixture. So I'd rather play him than Udogi. But yeah, I think it's probably a bit biased, Black Screen. But you know, I don't know how many years. No, no, but but, but we're being realistic. I don't know how many years you have to go back to see Spurs win at the Emirates. Like, like, yeah, records are there to be broken, but they just don't do it. So, you know, like, I don't think it's so biased. And if you look at all the goals, people say there's a high scoring fixture. Not many of those goals for Tottenham have come at the Emirates. Sure, there's been a lot of goals in this match, but Spurs' <laughs> goals have been at their stadium. Uh, I reckon there might be goals. I reckon there might be goals. There we go. That's my yeah, prediction. I want it to be a game I enjoy. There we go. I want to watch it and so, enjoy so it. I, so I, I want to bring up... Uh, Colm brings up uh, Saar. Whoops. Um... And and I, and I think Sar is is one of is is a really nice enabler against and Tottenham against deep blocks. I think Sar really really can come out and shine in in certain matchups. Um, so if if somebody were going say as a going back to structure in like a three four three structure right with uh, Callum Wilson uh, up top and as your third forward, and that's a little bit of a dangerous position, right? Callum Wilson is a notorious troll. You don't know if he's going to be benched. You know. We we don't know how the, how those roles line up. If it's like uh, Isak on the um, for Europe and Wilson in the league, we don't know that yet. But if um, but Sar is is really really nice cover, especially in the right fixtures. So I, I think there's really nice value with that player. Do you know what I I don't know if I agree with you, and I'll tell you why. Everyone, most people are on in Udogi. People have got Madison. If Son goes off. Would you want to be blocked from someone like from a triple Spurs with someone like Saar at five point five? When you've got Edward at the same price at five point five as a forward, who's probably three times, four times predicted more predict production than Saar. Um, being honest with you, um, I, I know why you're thinking because I, I do agree with you. But I, I think I, as much as I disagreed with Nima and got proved very wrong earlier on about marvelous Nakamba, I think that's where I'd go. I think, you know, and that's where I am, actually. I think if I'm going to do anything with that fifth mid, fifth mid midfield slot, I'm going to junk it. I'm just going to go down a 4.5 and junk it. And then the next price, I'm going to be Sorry at 6.5. Sorry, 4.6. Sorry, 4.6. 5 points. Is he 5? 5.4. I thought he's 5. It's 5 and a bit, isn't he? No. Oh, it's 5 and a bit, no, man. I'm no. Door. No, look at him. Sorry, as cheap as I'm, he's... Just... I'm pretty sure. 4.5. Blacksby says four. He's probably risen from yeah. one of his returns to 4.6 then. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, sorry. My bad. I've, I've got the wrong price somewhere. How, how, how come I've got the wrong price? That must be where I got it from. Oh, he is 4.6. Okay. No, sorry. I take that back. That's the second time I've been wrong about that slot tonight. Do you know what? I'll, I'll <laughs> you stick, look at I'll that stick slot, with... Please. I'll tell you what I will do, though, is I'll stick with my initial point, which I think is still the right one. I think he could block. Yeah. No, I think that's... Yeah, that's, I, that's I mean, I... I, I I agree. Like, if you really want Son, but but I think I'll, I also think that there's a there's a little bit of a danger in like looking at things like that. It blocks Son, but Son can block Sa- Saka, and which blocks Rashford, which you know that. Yeah. So like you can go I, I other mean, you, ways. It's not just if you, you want Madison, Saar, and Udogi, and I agree. Have another expensive midfielder, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like think you, if you, you, you want you want Nakamba think... and Son, or you want Saar and Saka. I think if you treat them as silos, if you treat the teams as silos and you look at them and you say, you know, for Spurs, you're blocking Spurs. I mean, people said about Gusto, didn't they, about Chelsea, when when the the right man wants three Chelsea anymore. But, you know, from that perspective, (laughs) um, it's that point, isn't it? It's the fact, oh, why do you want him when you might want 
when you might want to have to move him out. And I suppose it is a valid point. Eight minutes, nine minutes. <laughs> Not bad. Well, I stopped when it was 44 minutes in. And you've been going for the last three and a half minutes. But we never time. had the opportunity no, to bloody respond. Anyway, there we go. Don't try it. I counted for the first three minutes. <laughs> then I spoke at 40 till 43. I wrote the time we started that one down well, as well. Popcorn. There we go. I've got it. We started yeah. at 38 minutes. At 41 minutes, I spoke for two minutes. Did my bias to it. And then spoke about SAR for longer than I even spoke. So next I, I didn't one, even bring the SAR conversation up. Next, next one, right? Come on, let's go. <laughs> I think Sar is a fair enough point to bring up because he does. Look I do. Great. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I tend to agree with you, but I, I just think I'd probably stick with the others. Anyway, let's go. But Brighton against Bournemouth. Uh, Brighton two point oh four uh, net xG. Bournemouth one point two eight. Brighton fixed difficulty really likes them four point one. But everyone loves Brighton at the moment, and I'll tell you why. Because they just create so many bloody chances, and my metrics love that. Love they love chances. They love it. Um. Doesn't matter whether they score or not, they just love them. Um, Bournemouth, point <laughs> one on the other hand. Uh, not necessarily, I don't like him. I've managed to fix that anyway. Bournemouth, point one. Um, this one, Gabe, from your perspective, is really, it's a traffic light almost. It's really green. It's almost green and red from respect to shot goal predictors and shots on target. It hmm. really, really likes Brighton. I if Bournemouth come out and attack, do they know anything else other than just coming out to attack? Because if they do, I think they could get battered. Proper battered. Gabe. Oh, man. I, I got to be honest. I don't I don't know what Bournemouth is doing yet. Like, I, I've seen Iraola, so I know what he's trying to do. I've seen him do it before. But when I watch this Bournemouth team, I'm all, I also have, I'm just left with this awful taste in my mouth after watching Chelsea, uh, Bournemouth Chelsea. It was just such a ridiculously awful game of football with ridiculously terrible players with tactics that were nonsensical, if existent at all. So I'm I'm just really, you know, I I, I thought Iraola would cement his system and we start to see by now we would start to see something. But the fact that we haven't, I think, is a kind of a concern for me. Um, and look, just just to kind of like back that up, um, look at the look at what happened to Bournemouth after they made substitutions. Like you you see in the at, at the beginning they have kind of like a nice balanced setup with their average positions there in that bottom left um, image there. And then after the substitutions to the right, it looks like they just kind of got like blown up. And you know, you know when you play like if you ever you ever play like a, a pickup game, like a Sunday game, and by like you know you're trying to play as much as possible, and like the last twenty minutes, it basically turns into offense defense. You got the guys that won't run on defense that are just sit there, and you got the guys that won't run back on the offense that just sit there, and they just like fall back and forth. I think that's what happened to Bournemouth, and, and so I think if that's what happens to them, that space in the middle, see, see the space on that Brighton's gonna tear them up in that space in the middle between the offense and the defense. So I, I kind of, I'm, I'm backing. I think the tactics back the metrics in a resounding uh, Brighton home win. God help me, I don't any, own any at all. I'm going to have to hide behind the sofa here. 100% I'm behind the sofa for this one. This could kill me. Mm-hmm. I'm going oh, to well, Nima. again, aren't I, for like the seven? Oh, yeah, you, you, yeah, watching being benched. 
it was best last week, mate. It worked out nicely. Seven points. Well, we'll be able to see once we get these Europas. Once we, we, we obviously know by the time if we get later in the week. Well, as well. Night and Wolbeck still injured. I am going to go all in with Pedro. Forget Alvarez. Forget Alvarez, guys. Estupinha um, is the one I'm most interested in seeing what's going on with him because I just. I just honestly think this is, if you're talking about getting an attacking return and a potential clean sheet, this is that game. This is the 10 plus point. Like, these are the Estupinian games you're trying to get 10 to 15 points from. Like, I just really need him to be fit, man. <laughs> Big time. What are your thoughts on, um, obviously, um, March was out as well. We were quite shocked by that. Um, it sounds like he's now in past fit again. It was a lot lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts on um, Fatty? Like, what, what did you think, Gabe? Like, do, do you think he's still quite raw or, like, do you think he's going to be playing cups? Like, or is there a world in which he can, like, displace March and take that, like, right-wing I, slot for himself? So I, I don't think he'll displace March. If anything, I, I mean, when he first came into the game, he actually, he was he was playing wing-back for a while. He, mm-hmm. he was playing left wing-back for a while. Like, not actually that position, but that's where he was located on the field at the beginning. And then what happened, it was interesting he had more freedom of movement and he had kind of like the left corner and the center of the box. So it was almost like this inside left winger mm. and support striker. So I, I, that's what we've seen from him so far. Um, and, you know, like we've seen what Brighton and and that Serbi and Potter before him can do with, with young players, right. And the way they can develop them. Um, so I, I don't think we know enough about Fatih and his involvement yet. Um, it seems like that said he's going to put him in low stress positions to, to build his confidence. So it could be cups while getting a sprinkle in the league. But I, I think, I think March has that right side nailed down. I think, I think he would have, I think it's a shame he didn't, he didn't start against United. I think he would have had a field day against them. And then just a final one from Chatsport, which is a valid point. Obviously Lamperty may start again. Um, he's 3.9 million defender. We remember Mr. X Lively himself. He was the original Estupinian before Estupinian arrived. Um, I do wonder if he can re-kickstart his career from injuries and get back into Brighton's best team. So there, there's this concept in NFL fantasy called handcuffing. And it's it's usually you, you get a player and then you buy it. You, you also have that player's backup. Mm-hmm. And then whatever happens, you you have that spot. Like if you want the if you want the left back wing back spot, nailed oh, you get both for for, for Brighton. <laughs> you get both one at three. This is the Reece James like Goodstow owners. Or, the Reece yeah, James yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and I know a Mariner's thinking. He just said it. He's, he's going to block you from Brighton. <laughs> if you have those two Brighton, <laughs> yeah. it could block you from a second Brighton attacker. <laughs> Look at his evil smile. <laughs> and he, and he's, he's he's absolutely right that like if you do go in that route. The only reason I thought of that is because I'm on wild cards, so I'm playing with all sorts of crazy notions. Um, if you do go that route, you know, obviously you're going to be limited to one Brighton attacker. But with all the other options in attacker, in attack, I, I'm not sure if you would go to Brighton anyway. Remains to be seen. It is a risk. Fair. I think let's uh, keep going. We've got Chelsea versus Aston Villa next. Um I'm sure there's some questions oh, about Chilwell. Oh, I think this is a barrel of laughs, won't it? So oh, Chelsea at home first, against yeah. and then Chelsea I'll... at home against Aston Villa, another barrel of laughs. Right, okay, 1.4 for Chelsea's uh, net XG, 1.1 for Aston Villa, uh, 2.7 some somewhere. So I think the fixture difficulty is pissed. Um, 2.7 uh, for Chelsea's fixture difficulty for attack against Aston Villa. Aston Villa must be bad. That's all I can say. 
Um, Chelsea's right, Gabe, particularly like. That's a sterling matchup for me as far as I can see. Um, going nowhere for me if I owned him this week. The only thing I would say is Chelsea's numbers are not particularly good when it comes to those individual matchups. They're not that green, which suggests that they're okay, but not that good. Aston Villa, on the other hand, could be a long day. They're not particularly good away from home. Um, and I think the matchups seem to show that. I think just for, yeah, I know we'll talk about the lineups and the UCL after, but um, from my perspective, um, I think Villa is something that I'm looking to go and invest in. And I'd always thought it would mm-hmm. be Watkins. But with him losing the penalties and becoming more of a creator, it feels, you know, they've scored 11 goals, I think, this season, and none of them have come from Watkins. And that was actually one of the questions in the Discord as well, which was from Sebastian Koo, one of our haulers. He said, should I do Watkins for Alvarez? Watkins isn't scoring. Um, Diaby is much cheaper, and I'm now starting to lean that way as an alternative. So that that's something I'm hotting up on, and I really like the look of Matty Cash. So I never thought we'd get to this fixture, and I'd be talking about, like, which two Villa boys do I want? And there was a mass exodus of Chelsea happening at the same time. And I did not think this would be happening, but it does feel like in a strange roundabout way that Villa is a team worth investing in, especially at their price points. Um, The data seems to support Chelsea more in this, but I do just wonder if part of that is because Chelsea have actually been quite good defensively. They just don't seem to create much going forward. So they're not really that easy to break down ultimately, I don't think, Gabe, but they just equally can't do much on the other side of the pitch. So maybe that's why Villa are suppressed in the metrics, especially on the attacking side. Can you mute again? So you're mute again. Thank you. Chelsea are solid because of their center mids, I think. So um, that, that solidifies them. But what I like about Diaby in this game is that he plays between the lines. And that kind of movement between the lines and ability to find space in front of the back line and behind the the, the two center mids, I think, um, is what gives him kind of a chance to maybe maybe get something here. Um, and and yeah, we you know we said it since since preseason. Like I think it's actually we underestimated how much of uh, Watkins' production was going to be cannibalized by um, by Diaby. Like he Watkins has no goals. And I'm hearing I'm hearing content creators and and seeing people on Twitter uh, talking about bringing Watkins in for the for their nice run of fixtures. Um, I I mean I, surely he'll get something. He's not going to go without goals all season, but I think Diaby is the standout pick in this team. Um, but I I always thought that we'd be talking about multiple Villa players around this time, right? Um, I, I mean after Chelsea, you know Brighton they they play Brighton and, and Brighton don't have a great defense. And after that, then a really nice fixture run starts. But I, I would say, um, I don't know. So Cash has been super hot, right? He's he's been the attacking the attacking wing back on the right side. But I think I, I I'm pretty sure it's because Alex Moreno has been injured, and and I think once Alex Moreno's healthy again, I think he was on the bench this past weekend. Um, it, let's see what happens tomorrow. If Moreno gets say um, if he gets 30 minutes tomorrow and he, and he looks healthy. I think Moreno would likely start at the weekend and he would be my pick instead of cash because I think once Moreno gets into the side, cash gets held back and they revert to a back three, kind of building up that left side with Moreno rather than having cash on the opposite side there. It's interesting what you say about that because I've just put this up just as um, 
um, just just as we started talking, Gabe, Cavs is actually third with respect to involvement mm-hmm. for Aston Villa right now. Um, obviously, Diaby's top, uh, very close to Watkins, but basically one's goals and one's assists. <laughs> Watkins yeah. is just an assister this year, isn't he? <laughs> Um, not not a scorer, but we said all along that we thought uh, Diaby could cannibalise Watkins, and he indeed has done that. Uh, Cash is a bit of a surprise for me, uh, to be honest with you, um, but it's cheap, and I think that's the point, and I think that's that's the key with all this uh, is that if he sticks around, he's a good option, but the risk is is like you say, is Marina going to come in, and when he comes in, are they going to then? attack down the other flank sort of thing, I suppose, is what you're mm-hmm. coming, at, coming from. Okay, that one. Uh, any more, Nima? Shall we no, keep going? We'll keep or, going yeah. any... While you're going, I mean, I'm just going to give them... Just, just really just... quickly, really quickly, Mariner, you, you did mention Sterling. Since since Villa build up so much from that left side, that, that's what makes that uh, this a nice matchup for Sterling, like you said, on the right-hand side there. Right, okay. Because uh, I mean, again, if I if I let me just put, I'll I'll just put. I'm not sure how accurate this is because I haven't audited this one or checked this one. But Sterling is just massively involved in Chelsea's stuff. He's <laughs> involved in more stuff, so much more than everybody else. And I think that's that's the point. Albeit saying that, guess who isn't in there? Jackson. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, guess guess why he isn't there? Because he hasn't scored anything. Uh, probably. Yeah, I dare say his involvement, his expected involvement would be quite high. Um, as I say, I would need to do Chelsea. I never got around to doing them today. Um, shall we keep going? Or have we got any quick quick points mm-hmm. we want to make on this one? Um, there's a few people talking about Diaby. Uh, so it's Martin Diaby essential from week nine, uh, week 10, even he says. Uh, Claire's uh, at the Abbey from the start. Cash can have a good time uh, versus Neto. What a player. Well, okay, fair enough. Right, should we keep going? I don't think, Nima, should we keep going, man? Yeah, yeah, Liverpool versus West Ham. I think this one's... Okay, one Liverpool. So, Liverpool, West Ham, 2.06 net XG for Liverpool at home. West Ham, 1.32. Uh, fixed difficulty loves Liverpool. They're just creating so much. 5.2, it absolutely, it really fancies them. Um, <coughs> the right matchup for Liverpool's coming back, Gabe. I've noticed mm-hmm. starting to come back. It's been missing for a while. It's coming back again. Um, XG 2.2, big chances 3.7, shots on target 5.3, 10.8 headers, uh, 10.8 shots in the box, 3.3 headers. Your matchups really like the shots on goal 29% for two. Goals, basis shot goal, and 34% for two basis shots on target. West Ham are not that good away from home. Liverpool are very good at home. I have a funny feeling that Mr. Salah is going to return again, maybe more than once, is my view. Gabe? Yeah, I'll I'll turn to the average position maps. Um for Liverpool against Wolves. And, and look at the first one there before the subs were made while S- how Salah is isolated. Like, um, yeah. like uh, almost almost like a similar idea as Brian Mbomo, where they pack the midfield, pack that left side, and kind of like work it there for a while and then release through Salah. Um, but I'll also notice that S- Salah is not super wide um, anymore. He's playing a little bit more central. And and I think that that was the biggest indicator to me that it's it's time to get Salah. Um, I, I think wide you know, we see how how he's been a, a provider this season, 
lots of assists, lots of creativity from wide areas. And as he's moving central, I think he's getting closer to the goal, and, and now he's starting to shoot. So I think Salah will be on the end of, of a lot of these. Now, now look at after after the subs. What I like is Darwin and and Diaz. It's Darwin and Diaz together on the left hand side, and that once once the subs are made, um, that's that's kind of so that tells us that that's their plan B, that the left side with Darwin and Diaz is the plan B, and then um, isolating Salah is, is their is their plan A. So I think get Salah in as soon as you as you can as it makes sense for you. Um, but the sooner the better. I think he'll start returning. Um, I also I like um, I like Diaz's matchup on the left hand side against Sofal. I think one v one creating chaos against Sofal is is not a, a difficult thing to do. So um, so I, I'm yeah quite bullish on the the Liverpool assets and finding a hard time both bringing them in and not having them in my wild card. It's a it's a tough it's a tough decision to make. You're muted. Um, uh, yeah, I might get him early. Chris is muted at the moment, but um. Yeah, hang on. Sorry, I was coughing. I'll tell you where I am about this. Um, I would love a Liverpool asset to emerge before game week nine, so that I don't have to bring Salah in and tear the team up to do it. But I fear I am not gonna. We are not gonna see that asset appear, and I think it is gonna be Salah. Um, he is just doing Salah things. Um. I want to just turn the attention on to West Ham a little bit. Um, Nima, I mean, West Ham's fixtures are not great at the moment. This one isn't particularly good at all. But is there a world in your FPL season that you can see yourself on in James Ward-Prowse? I, I, he's involved in a lot of what they do. Is and there two goals, three assists no, so far in four yeah, games? No, and no doubt Moyes is, going to, Moyes is playing to his strengths, and that's very wise. Wise yeah. old, wise old owl. That is David Moyes, right? You know he'll, he knows what he. Knows, I think he knows how to get the best out of James Ward Prowse. If you ask me, I really like Ward Prowse, um, but I don't feel like much has changed from when he was at Southampton in the sense that we didn't really own him often then either, and he was pretty good then. Is it just that he has Paqueta next to him, so like together as a duo, they're very formidable, and Paqueta allows him to be able to play more freely than he maybe did at Southampton. I, I, I don't know, because he's one of those kind of steady eddies that ticks along. Like, you can't really buy him for, like, five weeks and sell him based on fixtures. You you kind of keep him and you play him every week, as we saw in the last fixture, right? So when West Ham got their goal against City, like, it's... I think he's a long-term hold. He's not... Yeah, he's not someone yeah. you can just buy and go out of in different uh, parts of the season. But I... I personally can't see myself going there if i'm honest i have him in every draft format instead um he's that kind of player for me i can see a lot of people going for bowen when west ham's fixtures turn and it actually being ward prowse who ends up getting all the points yeah, so that's something i, I could see that as well yeah, yeah that's something i could see uh, gabe, so sorry sorry yeah. a minute. Uh, gabe um james ward prowse fifth midfielder can you get there yeah yeah i can get there um am i there um here's i i think i think james ward prowse is so he's in is he in my current draft no he's so yeah i have i have saka there instead but james ward prowse he's almost he's like a um a gundawan set piece specialist like like i i like his returns this season nine 
six, seven, seven, something like that. Like he's returned and he he hasn't blanked, not once. I I think he's just an incredible pick. Yeah, nine, six, seven, seven for returns, and he's played Chelsea, Brighton, and City in three of those four. So I, I mean, I think he's. I don't know. He's not quite fixture proof, but I think he's an obvious transfer in. I mean, as soon as now against Liverpool, he could get something against Liverpool. Obviously, Sheffield United next. Newcastle may be a little bit diff- more difficult, but it's a home fixture. And then after that, Villa, Everton, Brentford, Forest, Burnley, Palace, Spurs, Fulham, Wolves. <laughs> it's like, it's so good for James Ward Prowse. I think he might be the best fifth midfielder. Yeah, I mean, long range, we're talking about uh, five to ten game weeks out. We're talking about both Bowen and Ward perhaps looking at, you know, three plus re- or three returns approximately, that, you know, in, in five weeks. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. These numbers are a bit... The thing that I would say is that West Ham's XG matchups go from 5.46 for these five game weeks to 7.43 for the next five. So you can see how they, you, you can see how the fixtures improve. It's just whether you go there early game or not, I think is the question. And I would argue looking at this one this week, no doubt you could get something, but the headed matchup doesn't support it. Uh, oddly enough. And I think for that reason, that might be enough for me to actually just hold off. I think if there was a, Mariner, if there was a chance of a headed matchup, it makes me think. But James Ward-Prowse can score diving headers against the league champions. I know now. he's he's, can. he's, I know he's he no can. longer not a he's now a sexy pick. He's you can't say I he's like not a sexy it. pick anymore. Now he's no, no, he's no, no. Porn. no, I'm absolutely on side. I like him. Right. I like yeah, him. no, I, I like him. Yeah, I like him. Let's keep going. I do like him. So the last game of the game week, Sheffield. United. So Sheffield United against Newcastle. Right. Okay. Newcastle one point six eight net xG away at Bramall Lane against Sheffield United's one point one three. This is interesting because I've got a funny feeling Sheffield United will come out firing. Um, Newcastle one point nine fixture difficulty and two point three for defence. Um, Sheffield United obviously the opposite. Um, Newcastle's xG matchups good. Big chances is good. Two point seven five point three shots. Nine point eight shots in the box. Sheffield United is not. We haven't got much data for them. And the only, I think, are they, how many how many home games have they had? They played Everton. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not even yeah. sure we can use that data either um, because it's Everton. They played City, um, right? Everton. They yeah, played City there yeah. as well. What was that score? Was yeah. It, yeah, they lost. Yeah, so they've had two. They haven't really, well, Everton's one side. Yeah, okay, maybe we're all right then. Um, Might be balanced. Look, I'll tell you where I am. I'll tell you where I am. Um I am playing my Newcastle defenders or defender. There's a possibility. There's not out the realms of possibility. I don't want to end up with two before the start of this game week. Um, particularly if I hear something about Chilwell because he's pissed me off big style. But I may hold him. Um, Gabe. <laughs> did, did, I, did my eyes deceive me? Uh, or have you got in your current FPL wildcard draft three Newcastle defenders? I do have three in my current wildcard draft. <laughs> you know, you, you absolute sadistic geese. Sick person. Sadism on the biggest. 
Absolutely. That 90th minute suicide. Wipeout. It's a suicide. I've never watched the game ever again. I've turned it I know, I know. So it's it's um like what what's riskier? Triple Newcastle defense or Callum Wilson? You're gonna block yourself. You're gonna block yourself. I told you again, you're gonna block yourself. <laughs> you're gonna take a minus four to sell Botman so you can get uh, Wilson in somehow. You could you could flip that, right? You're like you're gonna take a minus four when Callum doesn't start to sell Callum to get Botman in. <laughs> like I don't know how it's gonna go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, look, we're going to get back to this bloody raining in the desert before too long, aren't we? You just hate Callum Wilson. I think that's the key here. I, I mean, look, I'll say this. I, I do think that, you know, potentially Wilson is a extremely, extremely good pick. But, you know, we're talking about assets who are of interest. Let's not discount players like Gordon. He's heavily involved and he's only 5.5 million. Now, could there come a time that we see someone like him starting to, you know, he sh maybe should be in our mind right now, given the fact he's, he's involved in nearly 40% of everything that Newcastle do. Um, that said, I, I see the need for two Newcastle defenders. I think the only way we can score points is with two Newcastle defenders going forward. I own Trippier, I expect to have one more. Um, three, I think, is a bit too much, Gabe, I'm sorry. I think it's uh, I think it's a bit too maverick. I guess, I guess the me. question is how often are you actually going to play the free right? Because the reality is you probably yeah play two true of the best, and the third one is a sub in case your other defender doesn't oh. come on. And like I don't see a week where you're going to be benching like you know if, if like for example this week a Stupinian versus Bournemouth. If you know Stupinian starts, you're not going to play two I, centre backs yeah, over I, him like. Right, I I would well I would bench I am I would play two center not over him though I I would play Cher and Botman and I would bench Burn right. But oh, it's Burn. That's it's not that's PA for the third one. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's li li not limiting so limiting the investment. So not going PA as well. Well, no, I don't, no, I'm I'm deciding that I don't want Trippier that no, I can get value with, with the, the cheaper <laughs> ones, right? But but like next week, right? I I'd play them all all uh, home to Burnley. Yeah. I thought you were going to bench boost next week. I thought that was what you were going to tell me. You're going to bench boost Maybe. next week with all three <laughs> against Burnley, <laughs> and you watch your bench actually, boost score you nothing. <laughs> no, I do. I do like triple ups. In actually, I, yeah. Actually, I, actually, that's a good shout. I, I could bench boost next week with this. <laughs> this wild oh card. God, I've set him off. I've set him <laughs> yeah, off. Let's go. He's going to bench you boost in a double off. game week. It's a double game week. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell you why. You've got a double. You might have a double game week player. And you rest of your new, yeah, exactly. You play your double game weekers, bench your Newcastle players, whack them on. And what's his name? As, as I was saying last night, I got something wrong as well. Last night, when I talked to Lyle Foster, of course, he's suspended. So Burnley's attack has disappeared. There isn't any. No, man. Quilio show. I'm calling it now. He's is he any good? White. No, there is he's actually. Is he, there is him, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, Quilio show. Yeah, he's but... the one who created the goal for Burnley. Um, the way he, he didn't get uh, the assist Foster did. But Foster just tapped it onto the goal scorer at Mooney, at yeah. Mooney or whatever. It was all Koliosha who created it, and he looked electric. So I, I do think they still have, like, just the way Burnley play, I think they're going to want to build on getting that point. Like, obviously, company came out and he said, like, a lot of good things around this will give the lads confidence. They'll keep growing into this. Um, 
I, I still think that Burnley are a better team than Luton by far. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not having that just because Foster's out that like <laughs> Luton are suddenly not going to do. Really I'm trying well. to get him to. I'm trying to get him to do his bench boost. Uh, I've got to beat him somehow this year. Might be the Kabore only way is going to get an assist. Just stitch him up. Kabore is going to get an assist. I'll reassure him that way instead. Um, you, you get an assist from four million Kabore plus four appearance. That's seven uh, points, man. Uh, anyway, I, I want to ask you a question. I own Isak. What do I do with him? Oof. So <laughs> it's looking like a seller. Do you have Alvarez? You have no. Alvarez already? But I also have Jackson. Alvarez is <laughs> oh, wow. no, 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 no. <laughs> Alvarez is top priority for for, for one of those. Two. <laughs> yeah, for one of those two. But which one? I mean, quite frankly, I, I would probably sell a both. I've got a funny feeling I'll end up with Edward this week as well. So there's my other move, probably. Maybe you just get rid of both. Yeah. yeah, I am tempted to, but but no. I mean, look, if I was there, is there a world to actually hold Isak against Sheffield United? Um, I was being tried. I think Connor. I think Connor actually is in, in the chat here. I think he was trying to talk me up it in Twitter. Talk me off it in Twitter. I think he was saying, "Oh, come on, Chris, Isak. He's you know, why would you sell him before New Sheffield Sheffield United?" Yeah, I'm just a bit. I'm worried about his minutes, and he doesn't particularly look in very good form either, if you ask me. But there you go, that's just me. Well, and, and we talked about Sheffield United last week, and you can see it in the average position slides there. So, and, you know, everybody, they, they brought in Son, some people even captain Son. You don't want the center forward playing against the back three. That's, a, the, that's not their job. It sounds weird, but it's not their job to score. It's their job to move the back three around in open spaces for other people to score. So if, if Isak is um is playing in, at the nine I, I don't think that's the that's his best the best situation for him i do think callum wilson is a little bit different because um because of pens first of all and 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 just because of his his movement i i feel like he flares wide to, to link a little bit more um but not not ideal for a center forward a sheffield united fixture is not ideal for a center forward no no i tend to agree with you um, any more things on this one, Neymar, or are we going to jump off and keep going no, on to the We need to bit? get to captaincy in less than two minutes. So if you want to cover some of the forward-looking slides, maybe, before we get to captaincy. Uh, hang on a second. So uh, I think these will be forwards. helpful for any potential wildcarders. Yeah, I mean, basically, this is just the summaries. So, I mean, what you'll see, if you come to the... Um, if you come to the YouTube, if you're listening, at one hour and 18 minutes exactly you will get the uh, summary of all the matchups showing the fixture difficulties, et cetera, zonals. And as you can see, the one which leaps off the page for me, certainly with respect to zonals, is Brighton. The fixture difficulty as well is very good, but the best fixture difficulty is Liverpool. So Liverpool, Brentford, uh, Brighton, and then Arsenal with respect to fixture difficulty. Brighton's matchups are great. Shots in the box, Brighton, as usual, blitz it. 13 against Arsenal's 12.3 and Brentford's 12. So, yeah, come and have a look. And then, uh, again, just gives you opportunity, doesn't it? Uh, and then long range, um, here again, this is at 1 hour 18.45. Um, you will see that Liverpool's fixed difficulty now climbs away. 14.3, as we see. Everybody's wife was getting interested in Liverpool. We said they were going to turn about. Now they are. Newcastle are now improving as well even though I'm just about to sell Isak. Manchester <laughs> United, 12.2. Then Manchester City have dropped a bit now. 
interestingly enough. Um, zonals, Manchester United, still zonals, still seem to stack up. Not a lot else does. Although saying that probably tells me Rashford's matchups about the best there on the left-hand side. Probably tells me you could hold him. Uh, and XG, um, again, these are all ranks on the basis of um, overall um, here. And you can see that, uh, yeah, uh, what we've got, Manchester United, again, looking pretty good. Um, so, yeah, Newcastle looking good. So I think Manchester United and Newcastle, for me, are the standouts quite right now when it comes to matchups going forwards for the next few weeks. Nice. And as if by magic, at exactly 1 hour 20, we're going to get to the captaincy metric. This might be the fastest in about a season and a half. And do let us know what you guys think about trying to shorten the show from two hours to 90 minutes. Hopefully we can achieve that today. But yeah, let me play the jingle. And if you've enjoyed the show so far, if you found it entertaining, please do hit that like button, of course. But otherwise, here is the Game Week 6 captaincy metric. Oh, no. A change in the guard. And it's not surprising because he is just so consistent at the moment. Mo Salah has jumped above Haaland. Probably due to one blank by Haaland. I think that's about all it is. But also, uh, if we're looking at this uh, in any in any real um, detail, what do we see? Well, interesting enough, both NetXG and the fixture difficulty do not like Manchester City as much. And that's the that is Forest. Oddly, I think that's mm. Forest. Now, it might also be a little bit of the fact that the way that the data that we're taking, Gabe, remember, is taking the back end of last season for Manchester City. So there's the caveat, right? So that's where it becomes a little bit interesting. What I'm going to do, as always now, when I'm on it, when I'm on, I'm going to actually switch over to the actual calculation and we're going to, can, we can change a couple of things here just to see what happens. So if we were to switch Haaland to 98 and 89, which is the same as that he jumps back above Salah. So if you think that fixture is better for Manchester City than the fixture difficulty and things like that do, then Salah is second, not first. Okay, looking at a bit further down here, Mbumo, right? He is on at third in 83, but he's, he's struggling with his whole numbers. NetXG don't like it, but the fixture difficulty really does. Again, hmm. um, I don't know how, how many times has he been unlucky. If, if Mbumo had one more haul, that pushes him right close to the others. One more haul. So, again, this is narrow. I'll tell you what else I'm going to point out to you as well now, is that Darwin Nunes's minutes look there. His average minutes are 28. Now, if he played a full game, he's right up there as well in third. So there's a lot can change. So there's a lot of caveats this week, I think, with those. I think to me, though, it's a straightforward two-hour shootout. Salah or Haaland. The issue is, are you brave enough after Haaland had six big chances last week? and only converted one. Left one as well, which he could have had as well. I mean, anyone who didn't captain Harvard last week, and I was one of them, I thank my lucky stars because I could have got destroyed. And I'll tell you what, this could easily happen this week again. 
I don't own Salah. It's an easy call for me. Gabe, you probably will own Salah. What are you thinking of doing? After getting extremely lucky captaining Madison instead of Holland in game week five, I will never not captain Holland again. That's I, I, that, that was, too I, much. <laughs> well, I think we just I, delete I this like... show out there. Delete this bit. Yeah, we don't need it anymore. <laughs> just, there's no more metric. We're, <laughs> We're just going to captain Holland. <laughs> I mean, talk about learning something. You know that they say like, careful or, or you'll learn it the hard way. You'll learn a lesson the hard way. I So <laughs> Madison blanked. Poland returned, and I feel like I learned the easy way. This is the easy lesson because missing five big chances is historic. <laughs> and, and I think that's the universe being nice to me in game week five, which is why I don't think game week five is all tears. I, it's all Holland from, from now on. I think owning Salah is is enough given the, um, the still relatively low ownership compared to Holland. Yeah. I think the only thing, the only risk with Salah, is getting one return a week, which I was getting when I owned him, and I find the opportunity cost is high. He needs to haul. He has to haul. He needs to haul every third week, every second or third week he needs to haul. I'm okay with a return every now and again, one return some weeks, but I think you need more than it, more than that from him. And, and I think, you know, he's gone. His last six game weeks were two, one, 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 one. He's returning, mm. but that was his first haul for some time. And I think that's the point I would make with it. Um, I do expect, though, by the time we're playing Everton in game week nine, who have they got in game week 10? But the fixtures really turn very favourably mm. to Liverpool by game week nine. But I expect he'll top those metrics over that period as well. We've so been, we've that been might asked, be... We've been asked about Darwin um, having his minutes pumped up to 90 minutes average instead of 28. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just done that. I did it yeah, earlier, no, didn't that's I? What I, mean. I like, it, went up, it, go... it went up to 87, yeah. It went up to 87. That's what I was so... say. It doesn't go up as much as you think, because I've asked you to take players up who were at like 74 before, and they only went up to like 78. I always thought that a minute would be enough to kind of make up for everything else, but I guess this was just a opportunity to show that it doesn't always... I mean, look, he's been... Look, I mean, he's been... Uh, his minutes have, have been a problem. We thought he was, we even put him on the bloody thumbnail last week as much as anything to piss Gabe off. But but also, you know, from the perspective <laughs> we generally thought that he started to look like an asset which we might want to consider owning. And then he goes and gets benched again. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but obviously, he travelled for Uruguay. And yes. A lot of, I, think, I think out of all the players who played in South America during that break, I think Alvarez was the only one who started a game. I don't think any right. other South American player played in the Prem as a starter this weekend. So I, I wouldn't put it down to just like, oh, that's it, like Darwin's done. I think no, he may be that. fine. He may be fine. But the numbers are the numbers. So I think we have to say that. And interesting enough, another one there, Nima, Saka. I mean, the fixture against Spurs is quite good. He's the talisman. He hasn't had a haul. The last six haul is only two, though, isn't it? Second percentile. Yeah. Uh, it's it's nothing. It's none. It's, it's no holes. That, that yeah. means he hasn't got one. That means he hasn't had one. So that's the, he's just balanced with it. And Odegaard as well, no holes. And Arsenal always spread their XG about, which is the other Yeah, problem. I think what that's I would add here, with... and I think Gabe probably maybe has a better view on this, is I know earlier in the chat we were talking about bias and stuff, and that is fair. I think Blackstreet mentioned that Arsenal was struggling to score, which is true, and said regression to the mean is happening. I think I would tend to disagree, because I remember we spoke on the Above Average pod chat, um, about how Saka was going to revert to his mean and he wasn't going to keep overperforming. 
at the moment, Saka's got two goals, two assists in five league games. Um, to me, that feels like he's still continuing, and that's despite Arsenal not clicking, not being out of second gear, not looking fluid. And the part that I was going to ask you about, Gabe, is I just feel Arsenal are going to start trying to do what Man City do. People have been saying for years, Man City are boring because they just sit there and suffocate opponents and they don't really look and risk much. I think that's what Arsenal are building towards is more controlling games. And that means that they're now not creating as much because it's not like a basketball environment anymore. It's none of these like running up and down the pitch and like panicking while the opponent's about to equalise or beat you in the last second of the games. It's suffocate them. No, no, I'm not talking about returns. I'm talking about Arsenal as a whole. <laughs> And that's my point, though. So that's why. Sorry, I'm just pulling. I'm pulling you like you're going on. You're getting on an eye horse about it. But no, no I no, mean, no, look, no, I... no, it's not. It's not. No, it's just a black screen because we've spoken about this before, and they've got this view that Arsenal overperformed their numbers last year and will revert to a mean this year. I'm saying Arsenal's players are young and they will keep improving. So you're not yeah, accounting for the fact yeah. that their underlying numbers can get better rather than that mm-hmm. they'll just stop having the output at the overperforming numbers. So I think, yes, we'll score less goals in general because we're going to try to control games. But I think these players are all going to improve their underlying numbers. And I know that I will take a bet with you. I'm happy to do it. That Saka is going to be one of the only players in the league to get double-digit goals and assists again this season. We don't support gambling on that, that hole. But anyway, on another point... um, (laughs) Gentlemen's bet. On another point. Gentlemen. I just made one... Yeah, gentlemen's bet. Pint of beer. Um, I, um, I only made one point. And I think probably one of the reasons why they're not that high on these metrics at the moment, and they haven't topped the metric for some time, is the fact that they share their XG about. And they share their returns around. They don't, it's not what, it's never one player who comes and goes and, go and does, you know, what Evan Ferguson did and goes get, just goes out there and just gets a half and you go bang, bang, bang. It doesn't happen. And Arsenal always yeah. seem to spread it about. It's just the way they do it. Nothing wrong with look, it. Look, the it evidence doesn't... The evidence is in the hall for Saka and Odegaard like both second percentile <laughs> hall. So they don't yeah. haul, but they are so steady. And you can almost bank on something, especially from Saka. I agree. Every you, single I, agree. I, I would I... say you could also argue that when Odegaard was topping the metrics ahead of Saka last season, he was topping the captain's metric ahead of Haaland. That was in a period when Jesus and Zinchenko were all playing. And tonight's the first night Jesus is starting a game. In a long time, he did haul last year, didn't he? He did haul last year. That's what I mean. Yeah, he did. Like no, I mean, I remember the double return, and yeah. I do remember the double returns. We've just not seen them for a while, and I think, and I think that whether that that's time changing is with no Jesus. So Jesus yeah, brings but... out the best of the rest of them, is my opinion. Yeah, because he plays everywhere, and he will let the others run into the box and interchange with them and give them the chances to score. So right, one hour really... thirty, gentlemen. One hour thirty. He there's the klaxon. There's the klaxon. One hour thirty. Questions, how long? Live Five Q&A, minutes? let's do it. Let's start with the Discord ones. There's only two of them, and then we've got about 10 of them saved in the live chat for tonight. So the first question from Don Black Dragon: is Chilwell a hold or a sell? Has Chilwell lost his place? Um, so I guess I'd address that first. Do you think Chilwell has lost his place? I mean, if he's lost his place, it is a no. sell. I don't think he's lost it yet, personally. Modric I agree. I don't think he's lost his place. Uh, could I use the money on Chilwell somewhere else? Yes, I could. Will I use the money for Chilwell for somewhere else? More than likely. And then the next question to link to this is, if he has lost his place, what do you think about moving double Chelsea defence to double Newcastle defence to start? Absolutely. It's the so only place start. I would go. Yeah, okay. it's the only place I would go. I mean, I yeah. own Trippier. Um, but I would go for Botman probably because obviously I don't really want to Trippier and Shah. I think that's too much money. 
But as I own Trippier, I'd probably go for the cheap. So the thing is, Botman and Shaw is fine. fine. I think that's good. Botman and Shaw is absolutely fine. Um, In fact, I think maybe unless Trippier starts performing, maybe he's a bit too expensive. But anyway, I've never had them playing it. And then the one from Sebastian Coup, they've got one free transfer. Should they sell Watkins for Alvarez? Just going back to that idea that Watkins isn't the one who's scoring and is creating. Going back to the idea that Alvarez is essential. This, this week, just, yes. Just get him. Just, I think yeah, I, I yeah get him. Cool. Get him. All right. So the questions we have in the live chat, we have Nick Conn, a famous Chelsea fan, up the Union, Berlin and PSV. Going against all the... I can't believe he's coming at us like that game. <laughs> I thought he was our friend. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm about to DM him. Don't worry. I got I got this, guys. Please send him, please, please, please. I'm going to take, take him out back and rough him up a little bit. <laughs> please send him a video of Jackson with the goal getting wider each time he shoots. That video is fantastic. That's what I want to do. That's, uh, that's the best that thing I've already. seen. That's the best thing I've seen all Get year. Ready, Nick. Right. Get so, ready. Nick, come on, man. Let's go. Pilot. Let's go. So let's go. Got, let's go. Yeah. So we've got five minutes and we're going to be out of here. Milos Filipovic, what to do with Martinelli? I think wait for the presser straight self. That scan comes back as he's missing Tottenham. If he's missing Tottenham, get him out. Yeah. Next one, son of Sam. Do you think Wilson will play the league and Isaac in Europe now? You're the an problem Isaac, is it was, though, a four, right? was it four days this time, wasn't it? Was it four days break? I mean, I think is the I can't quite remember when did they play? Did they play Saturday? I think they did, didn't they? Saturday, then Tuesday, then Newcastle play Saturday. So Sat yeah. Yeah, Saturday, then Tuesday. It's then hard to say it's hard to say. Well, they play I, Sunday I, the next game. Tuesday to Sunday. Yeah, I think there are I is think there a world in which Isaac starts in the league and Wilson plays the EFL Cup next midweek. I, 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 I think this whole conversation is. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's like you have your Premier don't League players, you have your Champions League players. So, I, so what, what I'm saying is, I, I don't think it's that simple. I don't. Wilson has, has been around for a really long time, and now that they finally get into Europe, he's going to get zero minutes in Europe and only play the Prem. I, I, I think nah, there's going to be a, a mix, and and we're, I think there's going to be a, a mix of like they'll, they'll both play a little bit of each. And we don't really know yet what what the the arrangement is, what that system is. No. One thing we do seem to know is they don't often play together, so that's one thing. Um, so maybe the both maybe the both avoids for that reason. Um, okay, maybe the treble Newcastle defense is the way. All right, <laughs> right next. next. One, <laughs> I've got Vicario as my goalkeeper. I have Madison, Saliba, and Saka. Is it best to bench Saliba? So reduce coverage in the North London derby to just. Saka, Madison, and Vicario. I think Saliba's an okay bench this week. Um, I might sell him this week, in fact. But yeah, I think out of those, like you're not going to bench Madison or Saka to play Saliba. So yeah, 100%. 100%. No. Yeah. Um, Cole Masks prefer. So this was about the whole enabler stuff earlier. We talked about Saar as well. But he's saying mm-hmm. you know, does he prefers Salah over Son, but to afford Salah over Son, he maybe then needs Diaby and sorry, Saar instead of Diaby. So it's kind of Salah plus Saar or Sun plus Diaby. Like that will make it easier, I think. That's what he was trying to imply. I'm afraid. Yeah, and I'm afraid. And the one thing I've noticed when I was looking at trying to get Salah back, you have to make sacrifices. You have to lose There's no way. You have to make sacrifices to do it. Is Saar the best option? You know, I mean, you you paid you. They get, I and mean, particularly the Hall has defended quite a, a reasonable case for him. Uh, as I say, I just have this blocking feeling about it. But sometimes mm. you have to, sometimes you have to take your medicine in order to get the player that you want. That might be one of those times. Mm-hmm. 
So we've got a few more just to go quickly. Catherine A, will Jacob Ramsey affect things for Villa? So obviously he's nearing a return. When he he comes back, he's a a serious player. I I expect him to do things this year, but I think he's he's young. He's been out for a long time. He'll be eased back. Watch. Emery loves tinkering, so he'll he'll try to get him involved. He'll squeeze him somehow, yeah. Yeah, But he will. But he'll be. But he will. But he'll be. He'll probably be bit part. I would imagine for for quite a while. I wouldn't be all surprised. So I think Leon asked about um, if the potential wild card was covered. So Gabe is on a wild card. We were joking about the triple Newcastle defense he has. Um, So there were some parts where we discussed it. I don't think we've discussed potential wild cards so much. And considering this part is a kind of quick fire Q and A, I don't think we'll really get the chance. But should I go through you my draft really quick? I'm yeah, going to read it out. Draft? I think that's a good... I'll just read out Yeah, the draft. really fast. Really fast. So, r- really fast. Raya and Ariola, a backline of Estupinian, Cher, Botman and Byrne, and Cabore. Uh, midfield, Diaby, Mbomo, Saka, Salah, and Ward-Prowse. And front three of Eduard, Alvarez, and Holland with 1.5 million in the bank. 1.5 million. Wow. I like it. Oh... Bro, bro, this guy best not be lying. The guy who just DM'd me knows the like everything about UCL before the notifications from anywhere come. So if you don't know it yet, check out Madrid. If uh, he's not like he's never been wrong before, like he just said a name in capital letter. Yes, I told you. Yes. Right. Anyway, enough of this mirth. One hour thirty-six. Jude Bellingham. I'm gonna mute him. There we go. I've muted him. Martin, so that was like an injury time winner um, against Union Berlin. Um, All right. Is Pedro Poro over Matty Cash um, and the starting Ben Chilwell? So what do you guys think? Is Pedro Poro essential over Matty Cash? I'm not sure. Or are you saying worth a transfer? Okay, so you're wondering whether to kind of sell... Poro for cash or Ben Chilwell? For cash. cash? I mean, Villa's fixtures are turning, aren't they? Um, I I don't know. I, I quite like cash, but <laughs> I think Ben Chilwell is, if he's still playing and you don't have to, you don't worry about needing to find some more money to go somewhere else, I'd just stick with Chilwell, surely. Um, Chilwell plus cash, maybe. Maybe that's where I'd go right now. He is heavily involved. Even if he's just playing, is that okay? Blacksmith's Wilson just signed a new contract. Isaac can't score anymore. So, so there we go. That's it. He runs in the desert. Right. Okay. Um, Martin <laughs> says not, not, a, not a bad card, to be fair. Um, apart from them, apart from them treble. I, I don't see Martinelli on the bench on sofa score. So I don't know where you've seen that black screen. Oh, but... this is sofa. This is sofa score here. Look, it's an orange sofa. Look, there we go. Sofa score. That's the that's, the, that's what we've got here. <laughs> is that, someone is talking about my sofa. I, I don't have fly, I don't have brown <laughs> score. Well, that's where I watch my football. Um, it's the. <laughs> What was I going to say? It's better than me brown curtains. Anyway, I don't have brown curtains anymore. That's okay, good. so Martin right. has Chilwell only and All doesn't right. have Poro or Cash mm. and wants both. So it's kind of like, yeah, I think moving Chilwell on after we find out who's starting, I think I'd still try and give him this fixed track. Cash for me. I don't know if I really want tips. Cash this week, though. Like, like, no, no, not this week. Poro this you definitely week. don't want, you don't no. want Poro this week. So, so I no. think you give Chilwell that one more dice roll and we, we see you again for game week seven. But thank you everyone for tuning okay. in. One hour 38. We've actually managed to finish 20 minutes earlier than normal, which is a big start. Amazing. It's a big improvement. Huge. 
everyone in the chat was saying make the show longer when I asked what's your feedback for making it shorter. But um, <laughs> so if you want to join the mini league and you're on podcast, is HUP69D is the mini league code. If you're a YouTube member or a Patreon, you're a hauler as we call you, you can also join the members only league. Game week six is the last week to enter and we will be talking about the prizes once it's locked and we have our final members. Thank you to all the haulers who support the channel, starting with our super haulers, Fingerman Bob, David Harrison, Zach, Harbour Boy, Daddy Bot, Greenback Golf, FBR Robbie, Darnish, Mateus, Leon, Son of Sam, and my screen is too small to read that. Temitope, I think. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'm struggling as well. We've got our yeah, haulers, FPL, uh, FPL Craig, FPL Podner, Kevin Rose, C Hunt, Donny FPL, Oscar Arias, FPL Teacher, Blonde, S Scotters, William, Tom, Davinja Raj, Lindsay, FPL DG Boy, Akshay, uh, Dom, Claire, Catherine, Salah the Samurai, Harry Not Kane, Neil, Sebastian Koo, Benjamin Lockwood, Rubber Ducky, Neil's Apples, Nick Khan, Big Mike, FPL Discomfort, General Zod, Gladi Street Preachers, Jack M, FPL Planner, FPL Bondos, Jamie Baker, Brett M, Pei Hong Tan, and our six Patreons, Elron, Lucy and Gan, FPL California, Fingerman Bob again, Rom Frost, and Mike Bourne. Or well, things might be Mike Burke. So that might be a typo there. Apologies, buddy. But yeah, this was the Game Week 6 matchups show. It's been a pleasure to have you all here. Um, and yeah, just really love seeing you all. Uh, son of Sam, we will, we will not be friends for this weekend's North London Derby, but we can be friends again afterwards. See you on the other side. And uh, yeah, big win for Madrid, Gabe. Thank you for being here with us through it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys back for the reviews next week and the matchups again. So we'll tweet those and up, out. And up the Mariners. Never, never mind all this UCL rubbish. Up the Mariners. There we up go. The I've Mariners. got that in for once. Up the Mariners. <laughs> all right. Take Peace care, guys. Out, guys. We'll see, see you for the next one. See you soon. Bye bye.